Welcome to What Am I Doing With My Life with me, your host, Alyssa Desai. Ever sit there just thinking, what am I doing with my life? Well, this is the podcast for you. Each episode will share a different woman's journey, normalize not having it all figured out, give you actionable tips and motivate you when you feel stuck, lost and overwhelmed by life. I am beyond excited to be sharing this podcast with you and I hope every conversation you listen to helps you to feel less alone. In this episode, I'm joined by Sincerely Awosa. Awosa is a style and travel influencer who creates content that's authentic, beautiful and often through a comedic lens. If you don't follow her yet, I would highly recommend you do because she is honestly hilarious. She has over 100,000 Instagram followers and has been featured in the Metro, Sky News and on Netflix. Thank you so much for pushing play today. I really hope you enjoy this conversation and you find it helpful. I would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It means the absolute world to me. And if you email me a screenshot of your review, I will send you a free visualisation track. Have a look at the show notes of my email. Join me as we launch straight into Awosa's journey. Tell me about your journey. How did you get to this point where you are in your career? Initially, um, I started on YouTube. So even though I'm a content creator, I I started my journey on YouTube. And that was the time of the blogger. I don't know if anyone remembers like the blogger girl, but all of my other friends who are kind of interested in fashion and journalism, they were blogging. And I am quite a good writer. I did study English Lit and I did really well, but um, I just felt like my personality it wasn't coming across as much in my writing versus as much in video. And I was just like, and at that time, YouTube wasn't really a big thing. Um, so I got in there quite early and um, I did a, I, just, I think I did a couple of videos first, but then I did a comedy skit of like, I had a really bad night at clubbing. I did a comedy skit of that and it just went like viral, like within 48 hours um, which was really, really exciting. And I think that's when I thought, oh, I think I could do this. I think I'm I'm good at this. So I kept on going and um, I kept on building um, just a followership, like, yeah, some followers basically. And um, then obviously Instagram came into play and that was around, oh gosh, I'd say I started taking Instagram a bit more seriously around like maybe 2013, 2014. Um, and then I slowly, slowly started working with brands, but it took a long time until I was able to, uh, basically live off being an influencer. I think I'd say a good 10 years because I started my journey, my YouTube journey in 2010 and I wasn't really making, I wasn't making five figures until like 2020. So yeah, that's 10 years. Um, yeah, five figures, but also like high five figures. So it just what I was what I was living on just wasn't enough. Um, I was quite lucky that I lived at home and I had the worst charity uh, te- telephone fundraising job. Oh, that job was so traumatic. But it did teach. It taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about. I can hear people's. I can hear people's feelings. It's so strange. I can hear it in their voices because obviously telephone fundraising, it's all about like listening. You're listening all the time. I'm on the phone to 35 people in an hour. So you're constantly listening and learning and I can feel the energy. It's so strange. It's so strange. But um, 
yeah, so that was that was what really helped sustain me until I was able to go full time. Um, but even when I was going full time, oh, it was, yeah, it was really tough. I will not lie. But from 2015, that's when I first registered as self-employed. Uh, from 2015 to 2020, that's when I, I really grafted. That's when I was posting every day. Um, I was posting on YouTube weekly. I was really being consistent, networking, talk, trying to, to, you know, get connections with brands and stuff. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until 2020 that things really took off. Um, and yeah, now, yeah, things are very different, which is, it is very weird in some ways. So that's kind of like the journey, really. Mm. How does it feel to kind of reflect back on that? Mm. I won't lie, I don't know. It's very bittersweet because I was so sad. It was tough. Like, it was really hard. I think I did find, like, just fragments of joy in my friends because I have, like, a, a group of friends who are influencers as well. And that brings in those little fragments of joy. But it is really tough, especially, you know, being Black in this industry. You had to be knocking the doors down. And in my opinion, things didn't really properly change until George Floyd. Like, that's when brands were like, okay, fine, we'll pay you what you're worth, like rather than paying us like a third or a quarter of what our white counterparts were getting. Um, But the journey was really hard, especially because my parents didn't approve at first. They really didn't under, obviously they're like Nigerian immigrants, they're boomers. I feel bad now looking back because they must've been so confused and I didn't get it at the time. I was just like, why don't they understand? Like, especially because... They, their friends were telling them about my videos. Their friends were being like, oh my gosh, I've seen your daughter's video. She's so funny, blah, blah, blah. But they still didn't get that it could be sustainable, long-term and lucrative. They, they didn't get that. And it felt like, it felt like, oh, like, don't you trust me to do this well? Don't you trust me to excel in this? But I think coming from their background, I mean... They, they came from like Maggie Thatcher time where like it was so hard to be an immigrant in this country. It was so hard to pursue creative exploits, especially because for them, they just see it as, okay, I need to work in a job that where I will always be needed. Where will I always be needed? The NHS, people are always sick. Um, what else? I'd say like engineers, Buildings always need to be made. Cars always need to be made. Things always be, need to be designed. Lawyers, people are always going to go to court. So it it creates this very rigid life plan kind of based on racism, I suppose, because they're so, they were so limited by what they could actually do and, and get a lucrative career out of. They, they, they had to actually forego their own desires for something that they knew would be stable. They needed stability. Um, and that had a ripple effect on like my career. And it, yeah, it was, it was like pulling teeth. It really was like, they're so supportive now, especially my dad. He's very sweet. I mean, yeah, I, I don't hold it against them at all now because that they didn't have much information. And to be fair to even me, if I went back to my younger self in 2010 and was just like, this is going to be a career, I would have laughed. Like I didn't, it wasn't, it was a joke. Like I was literally doing it for jokes. And then I started doing a bit of fashion, but it was just a hobby. And then things kind of spiraled out of control. And then it became a job that I really enjoy. 
Um, but it wasn't until 2020, uh, like during lockdown, um, I got my M&M's ambassadorship. So M&M's signed me as an ambassador. And that was what made my parents be like, oh, okay, this is, this is not a joke. Like this is serious. Thank God it's been on a very upward trajectory uh, since then, but it was really hard. It would like, I was living off 200 pounds a month, 300 pounds a month, like really low paid like money, like little videos that I would do or like getting money from charity fundraising. But because I hated my job so much, I wouldn't be there that much. So I was just scrimping and saving and trying to like get AdSense money. And yeah, it was, it was tough. Oh my gosh, we made it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Isn't it so huge to be on the other side of that now and be like, I can't believe I was once there. And people are probably listening to this resonating with so much what have you said in terms of speaking to parents and the parents just not understanding what they want to do I know I have people coming to me and saying you know my parents really don't agree I want to be a coach or I want to be an influencer or whatever it is what advice would you give to someone listening to this thinking it's just a constant battle with my parents I want to do this and they want me to do some of the things you said right lawyer doctor dentist Mm. Oh, I mean, honestly, I like for like what really helped me personally, and I can only talk personally is is my faith, but I know that's not this, the case for everyone. I think what I can say that's practical advice is, and I know this sounds really harsh, you have to just not care for a bit, or or at least if you do care, you need to kind of put your little care in a box and you can't, it can't be at the forefront of everything that you do. And I wish, I wish I, I, I wish I stopped caring sooner. And I wish, like people said to me, especially older people, liberal older people, they said, you know, when you start making a lot of money, your parents won't care, right? Like that's what they would say to me. And I, I was just like, I don't know why I didn't believe them or I didn't take it seriously. And I hate that, 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 that there is a capitalist side of it, but I, I'd adjust that advice and I'd say, when you start, doing well on your own terms whatever that looks like for you but whatever that looks like has to have some sort of stability like everyone wants to be stable in in their desired field but once you have that that's when they will care less definitely and I I can't promise that they'll never I I can't promise that they'll support it but I do think that deep down they're just worried about you if they're a good parent, they're just deep down worried about you. And, and as soon as they see that you can look up, that you know what you're doing and you can look after yourself, they will relinquish a lot of that. Because, I mean, I get, I get it. You're their baby. They will eventually relinquish a lot of those concerns and worries. But but you've just got to put your head down and maybe even use it as motivation. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to quit this just because someone doesn't see it. I'm not I'm just not. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what I did. But it was it was really tough, but it pays off massively. I think 100%, right? Sometimes you just have to put up a little bit of a wall around you and be like, I know I can do this. I'm going to do this. And if we were influenced by every single person's opinion, we'd probably never do anything because yeah. one person wants us to do this, this person wants to do this or whatever it is. I think with parents sometimes when that the relationship with them like we do want their approval we do want them to be and like affects, you're doing a good job you as well yeah. like it affects your confidence because if you've got a voice at the back of your head all the time saying oh 
you're going to fail at this or this isn't the right path for you. It makes it that much harder to like excel. Whereas other people, you know, I have other influencer friends, their, their parents bought them their first camera. Their parents paid for some of their studio sessions. I had to do everything myself. So yeah, as you're saying, like you want the approval, but it affect, it does affect the, your mm. mental health as well. Definitely. Yeah. I, it might be an, I think it's an immigrant thing, but I think we need to let kids fail. Like it's okay if they fail. Like, okay, like, all right, I tried to be an influencer and it didn't work out. End of the, like, big whoop. Like, I'll try something else. And if I fail at that, I'll fail at, then I'll continue going until I find my thing. Do you know what I mean? But I think they just see, they see failure as like this, like, end of the world thing. And it's, it doesn't, it really doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It's only until you stop trying then it's, it's like, okay, that's the end of it. But it's oh it's fine to fail like it's actually good I wish I I wish I tried more things and failed more because it gives you such resilience that you're like okay like if people don't like it so like you just keep going like do you know what I mean 100 so, yeah. I, I can't remember why I listened to this I, I it must have been a podcast or an audiobook or something and this woman was saying that like every week her dad would say it's um it's the uh, spanks the woman who made spanks okay yes and her dad would be like how did you fail this week how did you fail this week and at the time she was a bit like yeah all right dad like yeah but it just got her so used to failure and you know we put it on this thing of like oh my gosh if I fail it's going to be the worst thing in the world so I just won't try yeah it's like what if you never try at the thing that's going to be the thing that lights you up, that gives you the most joy, that gives you the most fulfillment, freedom, whatever it is that you want. And just because you're scared that you may fail. Yeah. Just normalizing it, getting used to it is I I'm like, if I have kids, then I will be doing, doing yeah, that. No, be it's like, such, it's such a good exercise. Around. Yeah. And I think also she was talking, oh, I can't remember her name, Sarah something. She was also talking about embarrassment and just like not being embarrassed. Like there's this thing that's going around on TikTok that's like, why are you not going to try something because you're afraid it's cringy? Like just do, like, you know what I mean? Like that that freedom of, of just freeing yourself of other people's thoughts and ideas and expectations is actually going to pay so much more dividends on your way to doing what is meant for you just wanted to really quickly pop into this episode to encourage you to reflect on the following question if it wasn't possible to fail or feel embarrassed at all what would I be doing in my life have a think about that and then think about how can you start overcoming these fears and actually make this happen and stop letting that fear of failure And the fear of feeling embarrassed or being cringy stop you from achieving the things you really want to achieve. I want to ask you, that first YouTube that went like viral, like how did that feel? Because I feel like that must have been now you go on um, social media and everything is like how to go viral, how to go Mm. viral, how to go viral. Back then, I don't think people were talking about. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. Um. So one thing that I love about um, the internet is that there's kind of different groups, right? And you've got your, you've got your gamers, you've got your fashion and beauty girls and, and in under comedy, you've got so many different parts of comedy. You've got uh, 
the Lily Sings who, you know, they're for like your Indian girls who find like anything to do with Indian culture. You, you look at the, the quirks in your community and you laugh at them. It's completely fine and healthy. We've been doing it for decades. And I think I tapped into the, the black British comedy sphere Obviously, I'm not a, a, a stand-up, but I am quite good at writing comedy in, in in online content. And I think I just tapped into the zeitgeist. I was talking about basically like, it was called I Hate Clubbing. And it was just all of these things that happen in like black clubs, like, I don't know, men wearing sunglasses, but you're inside. So it's like your, your vision is not, it's, it's like nothing because you can't see bro you're inside so it's like little things like that and I think I just I think with viral viral moments it's it's timing is like you tap into like if something's interesting at that time or if someone's not said it and I think because clubbing is I mean I don't want to over intellectualize it but clubbing is such a glamorized experience like in in the R&B videos and in the music videos it's such a and like sometimes it's you know if you make fun of something that's overly glamorized it catches it catches on because people are like oh yeah like I totally feel that way as well um so yeah vi- like the the viral moments thing is is so much about timing and like what's in the zeitgeist and what's being talked about and kind of you have to have your finger in the pulse of like it's so hard to explain like last year I was doing like some data collection for my content and I figured out that I was going viral on average once a month and I looked at, I was like, okay, what did I do here? And basically I, I just know what my audience is talking about. I know who she is. I know what she likes. I know what she doesn't like. I know what she finds funny. I know what she wears. I know where she shops. So once you know your audience, you can, you can just tap in. Like, it's like everyone knows what show their best friend likes. Like you just, you know, so it's like the con you get the content right for that person, for that audience. Mm. And your like your TikToks and reels are so hilarious. <laughs> they are so funny. If anyone's not following you, they definitely need to. And like so many of the things that you share, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> um and when you did go viral for that first time, did you feel like excited? Was it like I felt oh my so God. excited? I do want to go back to that. I mean, to be fair, I, and and this is kind of the sweetness of it. I'm kind of having that moment again with TikTok now where obviously, as you know, I'm primarily on Instagram, but I've been sharing more on TikTok and that's really starting to take off. And I'm feeling that same, like, oh, like I'm I'm finding my people and like people find the same, there's, there's a, there's a subset of people who find what I find funny as well. They get it. Like, it's nice to know that not just that I'm funny, but that they feel the same way I do and they see things in a similar way that I do and I guess all of us just want to be seen but that that is the funnest experience and I, I love making people laugh like obviously I do fashion and beauty and I enjoy that but making people laugh is like my favorite I don't know what it is it's just it's just my favorite thing I, I love it so much so yeah it's a great feeling going going viral definitely yeah it, it is. I hate to sound like such an influencer. Like, mm, going no, I. Do you know what though? Like, I've just got such a smile on my face when you're saying that because it's like, it's not coming from a place of like, oh, I want to just go viral so like I can get loads of followers. It's coming from a place yeah. of like just bringing people joy and like sharing what you find funny and yeah. the people who also find that funny 
a, you know, sharing it with who who they think is going to find it funny. And yeah, that's ultimately exactly. what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, not that I'm like some sort of guru, but at all. But I feel like that is the way to go viral rather than having some like cookie cutter formula of like, mm-hmm. okay, post in this way. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you can do it on a cookie cutter formula too. I mean, I, th- there's little tips that I, that I do. So I try and get to the point within two or three seconds the attention span on social media is so bad now. So I try and I try and say, obviously the video is not going to be five seconds. It's maybe going to be 15 or 20 or, but I try and get, it's like a hook that yeah, that in fact, that's what the TikTok gurus call it. There's, you, you use a hook. So I found that if I say something like my unpopular opinion is, or I don't know who this is for, but um, y'all going to hate me for this, but because people are like, what's she going to say that we're going to hate her for? Or like, is this for me? Am I the, like, when she says, I don't know who this is for, is this maybe for me? And so another creator talked about saying, if you're this and this and this, this is for you. Does that make sense? Because then you're, again, you're driving down who your audience is and then you're you're literally going through, pointing through the phone and you're saying, this, this is for you. So stay, give me that audience retention, keep watching and I'm going to give you the content that's here. Um, so hooks really help. The shorter the content, the better. But it helps to have a personality, I won't lie. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, that's the key oh thing, right? Even if you were doing all this stuff but add zero personality, this is the thing. This is people the are thing. just giving like, right, <laughs> next. <laughs> this is the thing. Another tip that's really good for people watching is speaking quickly. I know not everyone can do it. If people watch my TikToks, they will they won't get an exaggerated version of me. They'll just get a slightly faster version of me. Because I don't speak that fast in real life, but because I'm I'm trying to get your attention. I need to get to the point. I need to make sure the video's short as well. So the more words I say, the better. So yeah, it's very, it's intentional. But again, with viral stuff, you just, there's times where I, I'm quite good at it now. So I'd say 70% of the time I'm like, oh, okay, this might, this might go viral. But there, there is another 30% of the time where I just say something. These are the worst times because I'm just, I'm just talking, I'm mostly just talking to a friend through the screen. And then before I know what's happening, it's gone to freaking courage. And I mean, yeah. And it's just like, it wasn't really meant, like, I'm glad you get it. But if y'all like, cause you know, there's always going to be a few people like, oh, we don't like, but it's like, it was never meant for you. It was just, I was speaking to like my core and then TikTok's like, oh, this is doing, and it just kind of released the dog. Like it just releases it. So yeah, but I, I would say like those tips definitely help. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun figuring out oh what works, what doesn't work, like the psychology of it. Like, okay, like, do you tell a joke here? Do you tell a joke at the end? Where do you cut it? Like, yeah, so. Mm. I love and does that link at all to what you were saying earlier about being able to, I know you can't see or hear your community right on social media, but does that link with what you were saying in terms of, being able to pick up on people's emotions and and being able to pick up on people's energy. Oh, that's so interesting. Do you know what? I the the few times that I feel like that's worked or or I've been able to apply that is one on stage because you can feel it. And I've heard to say it before and it sounds really pretentious, but I I don't know how to explain it. Like I've been in situations where I've been on stage and the energy's weak and I'm like, okay, say this and I say it and the energy completely shifts 
So it does, it does play into that. And also with personal relationships is when, when someone's talking to me, I can feel, I can feel what they're not saying because I was trying to sell, I don't know what it is like Christian aid or like water aid or, or children in need. I was always trying to get those fundraising points up so I could hear like, okay, similar to what that woman, oh God, it's driving me crazy. Sarah, what's her name? Is it Berkeley or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So yeah, she saying, I know exactly who we're talking about, but yeah, yeah. blonde woman. Yeah. She was saying that when she was going door to door selling, oh, what was she saying, faxes or something, she could tell she because she'd been selling for so long, like people would be would, would be smiling, but they're shaking their heads. And she's like, You're shaking it. Like she could feel, you know, you can see little things where it's just like, okay, this is contradicting something else. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe it does go. I, I I'm the sort of type of person that thinks everything's linked. And things that you've learned from somewhere here can definitely be applied to something here, um, even subconsciously. So, yeah, no, you might be right. Like, that might be a skill that, yeah, has developed through socials, which is, yeah, unexpected. Mm. And I think it also just makes me think that sometimes we can be in jobs that we completely hate. And at the time, it's like, get me out of this job. Get me out of this job now the amount of times honestly if you ask my family and my husband how many times I've I've like finished a day of work and I'm like I'm quitting I'm quitting like they would be basically millionaires like it's actually a bit of a joke now um but then when you look back and you're like do you know what it was it was actually okay I did actually learn something from it yeah same it's so funny I have a friend Monique and um Sometimes uh, when she comes to like a dinner party or she meets my other friends, she will tell them about like people be like, oh, how did you guys first meet? And she'll be like, oh, um, I was her manager at a charity fundraising job and she just hated it there. And I was like, I don't remember hating it. She was like, no, you every single day you're like, I'm going to quit. I'm leaving. She was like, she was never there. She was never there because she hated it so much. Even when she was there, she was complaining the entire time. So it's so interesting because I don't, I remember hating it, but I don't remember telling everyone the whole time. Um, But yeah, it's so fascinating because I still picked up something. There were nuggets in there you know, that were useful, that are useful in my day-to-day life now. And I wouldn't trade that skill for the, because I was there for, I had that job for a good five years and I was going a couple of times a week. And when you're going, you're speaking to maybe 90 people in three hours. And, you know, that skill is going to develop over time because you're just speaking to so many people and you're constantly selling. You're we're taught, taught to ask them three times. So you're constantly selling, selling, selling every single day. So yeah, it's it, there's definitely things that you can learn from jobs that you hate. Mm. <laughs> Even if at the time you were just like, get me out. Yeah, out of here, please. Yeah. <laughs> How, when you were in that job then, right, and you were like, a hater, and you were trying to build this other career for yourself, right? How did you stay motivated? How did you keep on going, especially on those days when you just felt like maybe oh. nothing was moving forward at the yeah. speed that you wanted it to? yeah. Um, so first of all, again, I would definitely say, uh, my faith has been so instrumental because the, I, I would literally just cry and like be praying and I would like it for me, I'm, I'm really not one of those Christians who just believe in like, you know, you go to church on Sunday and that's it. Like it's a very deep personal relationship, but other things that definitely help. And I know this is a bit corny, 
I love a biopic. Listen, let me sell it to you. A biopic shows the person at the crap job at the start. They all do. Yes. They all do. Like Erin Brockovich, such a good example. She's got a terrible, she's, she's got a terrible job at the start. She's trying to take care of her kids. And then she eventually gets into this law firm and she, and you're watching it because you have the benefit of hindsight. You have history on your side. You know, like, oh, you're going to be so huge and you don't even know. And when I watch biopics, I'm like, like it's, I'm just, I'm just at the start of the movie. I'm just in the first 20 minutes. I just, I just got to get, I got to get to that 45 minute mark in the middle and then it's it's clean sailing from there. Do you know what I mean? So I think helping, like obviously I love movies. So seeing my life as a movie and and seeing myself as a part of history and like knowing that, okay, like it's just go, you're just going through the motions. You have to go through these cycles to get to where you want to go. So biopics really helped on days where I was just like, oh. and then I'll think about a movie that I'd watched, or or I'll go on a little solo cinema day, or I'll watch something on Netflix. It really does help. like. I hate sports. Like, well, okay, I don't hate it, but I'm not interested in sports. Let me tell you, I've watched almost every sports biopic there is. I I, I love a sports biopic. Love it. I need to watch some. They're really good. They're really, really good. And you just, you you get into the person's, like, work ethic. And, you know, the, even the um, the Netflix documentary about Michael Jordan. Oh, like... Yeah, I loved that. Incredible. So you just get a, a little insight and it's just, it motivates you because it's like, okay, these are the, t- this is the type of way that they think. And one thing that people say about MJ, Michael Jordan, is that he's very cocky, but it's like that complete, unshakable self-confidence is what has helped propel him to get to him to where he is. And I'm not advocating that people are cocky, but, but, to work on having that unshakable confidence. It's an, it's a daily pro, um, process. And um, what else did I do? Reading books, like um, obviously self-help books. I love a good quote as well. There was a point where I was just like, I had like um, an app on my phone and it would give you like, really like just motivational quotes during the day. Again, really corny, but it, listen, those, there's certain seasons in your life where you're going to need a motiva- motivational yeah. quote. I'm telling you, like, you're gonna, cause you're gonna be like, I'm gonna quit this job <laughs> right now. And then you're gonna see something from, I don't know, Aretha Franklin. You're gonna be like, oh. if she did it, if she did it, then fine. I can hold on. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and also there's this thing in Nigerian culture that's called like, they don't have two heads. So when we say they don't have two heads, we'll, we'll, we'll say like, okay, if we're looking at, um, What's a good example? Um, I don't know, Bill Gates. They'll be like, he doesn't have two heads. Like he has one head. I have one head. He's not better than me, really. Obviously he has certain gifts that have helped him in his field, but you have certain gifts that can help you in your field. You're, he's not like, you have one head, he has one head. Like you, it's, you're good, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's, that's something that I think about sometimes. Yeah, and I, I so like agree with, everything you shared and I think sometimes it can just take you from when you're feeling really low about whatever it is in life or where you're going and then you read something or you see something or you see a little quote and you're just like it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay I'm gonna get through this 
I don't know whether it was related to that documentary, but then shortly after I was like, okay, right, my my new lucky number is 23. And then my husband was like, is that because you just watched the Michael Jordan documentary? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, maybe it's gone into my subconscious, but I'm, yeah. I'm choosing it. Yeah. And I tell you what, if I'm ever having a day, I'm just a bit like, what am I doing? Mm. What is happening? I'm just like 23. As soon as I see my, my 23, it's just a little reminder to myself, yes. it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I literally just say that to myself. I don't even, I can't even tell you how many times I've done it now. And I don't know when that documentary came out. It's not that many years ago. No, it's not that long ago. That I started doing this. And I'll just be like, when I see, you know, 23, it's all going to be okay. And it's just a little reminder to myself, almost like an anchor of that belief in in yourself, Um, belief in myself of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, going to get through this, like whatever it is. That um, sometimes happens to me with um, the angel number one 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 one. Like, because I never, I don't really believe in stuff like that. But there's days where I'm feeling a certain way, and then I feel something tugging in me, being like, "Oh, look up!" And I look up, and like the clock's saying like one 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 one, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, like we're gonna be good. We're gonna be all right." So yeah, no, that anchor is it's so useful. It's so mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, I always think with these types of things, it's like, what do you want to believe? And what, how do you want to feel? And if that makes you feel good, and if that's going to pull you through on those challenging moments, amazing, do it. And if it doesn't work for you, and if you look at a number and you're like, nothing, then choose something else. I had the weirdest thing, right? One night, I went to like set an alarm for the following morning, an alarm had been set on my phone no joke 2323 23. what and i literally said to my husband i was like did you set this cuz I, I i thought maybe he'd done it and he was like no and i know i know he wouldn't lie to me about that and i was just like that is wild i love stuff like that i know and i don't know like it is just one of those things and i sometimes feel like it makes you feel like the world's a bit magical um, it is and there's, I was just like, I, I, I definitely believe that there's there's stuff in the ether, man. Yeah, something's going on. I don't know yeah. who's on my phone setting alarms. Crazy. Back to you, anyway. <laughs> enough about me and my lucky numbers. No worries. Tell me more about your acting. Like, when did that start? Has that been ever since you were doing those YouTubes and thinking, yeah. I know what I can do this? Yeah. Um. So I've been acting since I was a kid, actually. So, um when I was in secondary school, I can't even remember the first time I, I knew I could act. I think I think it was in secondary school. I don't think about this a lot. Oh my gosh, what the heck? That's sad. No, I'm gonna be in the moment now. Yeah. But so it, it's actually a really funny story. So um, we were in drama class, obviously drama's mandatory before GCSE level. And um, for some reason, my uh, drama teacher, uh, Miss White, if you're listening, Miss White, love you so much. And she separated us into groups. And she said that we had to kind of put together like, it was it, it was like a five minute skit. I didn't realize it was, it was a skit at that time, but it was a five minute skit. And it was to be able to use music to convey an emotion. And I think it was also using material from Animal Farm. And I think, don't, I hope no liter, uh, literary, um, nerds correct me but so we had this section in animal farm and we kind of changed it to be like a race and 
we used the the music um dun, 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 we did that and but we made it really funny so like I can't remember what was happening but one of the animals was like one of the uh, students in my group was like falling over another one was pulling another one's hair like so obviously you're you're contrasting like really peaceful music with like violence and chaos and all of this stuff and we performed it and the eruption of laughter from all of the children in in school that was the moment I was just like oh I like this mm. I really like this like that feeling of making so many people laugh is just such an incredible feeling so after that um and this is very much like me I was like I'm gonna put on a musical I just went from zero to 100 I was like I'm gonna put on a musical I'm gonna put on a musical and I was just like okay October's coming up and I must have been like maybe 13 at that time 14 maybe October's coming up and my school very white school in Essex I was like we're not doing anything for Black History Month how can we not do anything not one thing for Black History Month I was like I'm gonna do a Black History Musical so I did a Black History Musical I knew all of the girls all the girls who like to sing I knew them the girls who like to the black girls who like to dance the black girls who like to act so I put people in different groups and then I love this my white teachers uh Miss Nash Miss White they just I don't know how they did this but they were like okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna do rehearsals you're gonna do rehearsals here here it was a whole it was giving high school musical it really was like it was giving high school like we had rehearsal times we had dance classes it was like a whole thing and I was like doing production and um we put it on and it was like pandemonium it was such an incredible show and I remember one of my another white teacher Mr Jove he was a really strict teacher he didn't say he was not he was not <laughs> he would he did not give compliments out lightly and he was like oh well, sir, that was the best musical I've ever seen in this school and I've been here for like 15 years and I was just like oh my so that's when I was like okay I can do this I can do this um so I did the musical again when I went to college and when I went to college that's when things got harder because I was like I really want to write I want to write uh, I want to do plays like that's what I want to do and my parents just weren't having it it was just like I think we've discussed this it was just it was a huge battle and all my teachers were like but she's so good she's so capable like like are you able to just like be a little bit lenient with this and they were just like no no we just don't approve and going back again to what we were saying at the beginning about you know parent approval uh, for, for, for the arts and in the end we came to like a compromise which was me studying law and I was bored out of my mind at, at uh, studying law and that's what made me start my YouTube channel so it's it was like this interesting stream of events and yeah and that's when I started like at least doing funny stuff and acting on my own terms on my channel and then it kind of took off from there so it's kind of been a different route definitely a different route but yeah it's still still a very beautiful journey mm. not ex I didn't expect it to end up here but yeah we're here <laughs> sometimes that's the thing though isn't it you just have no like you can have a point where you're like right this is where I want to get to yeah it it morphs into something else or yeah. something greater or something different and what's so interesting is I was thinking the other day about when I was in college there were some people who were kind of you know getting their education at the same time as me and I knew them and they were doing drama they were studying all the things that my parents didn't approve of me studying and now I look back and I'm like 
they haven't necessarily all attained the dream that I wanted. Like I, at that time, I was like, I want to be in LA. I want to do these things. And I think to myself, okay, they've taken that typical route of, you know, studying drama, going to drama school, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get, you know, everyone has their journey and there's twists and turns in everyone's journey, but it doesn't, I look back and I'm like, I don't have, I, I don't think I've lost anything. I don't think I've lost out. Cause sometimes I think, oh, maybe I would be like acting in movies. And so, I'm just like, not necessarily like, yes, your parents intervened and yes, things went a different way, but it doesn't mean that if things didn't go a different way, you would get what you wanted at that time. Mm. So it's an interesting one about it's just, yeah, life and the way it works and moves. It's, yeah, you can't predict it. No, completely. And I think it's just a reminder that if your path's not going the way that necessarily you want it to, it, it can still, you can still get to the result that you yeah, want. Exactly, or exactly. like a life that you want. And sometimes it is those like, you know, maybe if you had studied drama, you might have gone down a different path and been like, actually, I don't mean really, I'm not really enjoying this or whatever. But in some ways, going to law and being like, I'm so bored, gave you that time to be like, yeah. right, let me, let me put all my creative energy into creating something that's for me, I can do it how I want yeah. to do it. Rather and that than... became my career, which is exactly. crazy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And again, it's not to, you know, shun people who, you know, took that route. But with acting, acting is so unglamorous a lot of the time. And I think I had a real idealized version of things in my head. And I thought, okay, like all I need to do is go to drama school and I'll end up in the movies. Do you know what I mean? It was a very, I had a very simplistic idea. Of, you know, I'm really talented. So all, all I need to do is just go to drama school. And then once I do, I'll, I'll get the opportunities. And it's like, it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes it can work a different way. Like, you know, now I have a career I love, like, it's not what I expected at all. It's completely unexpected, but it also means that I have the money now to put into short films or projects that, I mean, it's very expensive, but you know, it's better than for me personally. I don't think I would have been able to handle, you know, being a waitress and then going for auditions after audition after audition. And then you don't have the money to put into your own projects and that yet people are telling you that you can't be in their projects. And that's that's what I'm hearing a lot of is that, you know, there's such talented artists out there, but not all of them can be in these small amounts of projects. And the way that capitalism works is, okay, you need to be available to go to all of these auditions. What do you do? You probably take, you know, a waitressing job or a um, charity fundraising job, something that maybe zero hours and keeps you flexible, but it, it doesn't give you enough to put pump money into your own projects. And that's just, it's the sad reality of like the society that we are living in, the capitalistic society that we have. It, it doesn't allow you to have freedom and money you have to pick one which is which is really sad and I think in my life so I have a bit of both I, I finally have a bit of both so yeah it's hard mm. and it sounds like when you know when you were saying that story about how you got into acting how you realized this is what I wanted to do that it did happen quite young and I know you know for me for years I spent so much time thinking like what am I doing with my life like what am I going to do what am I going to do and I was felt growing up, there was like, I know this is very ge generalist, but it's like there's people who know what they want to do and there's people who don't and that's it. That but is what it feels like. <laughs> it literally does, doesn't it? 
But would you put yourself in that side of then, like, I knew what I wanted to do, I always knew what I wanted to do, or did you have those moments when you thought, what am I doing with my life? To be fair, I think I knew. I think I think it's one of them ones where I think I knew, but I wasn't allowed to want it. Mm. So it was like this secret desire and... It's so funny because you know what my mom loves to watch? Musicals. <laughs> but for years, she's been, she's rather be like, you can't go to drama school. It's like, who do you think I, where do you think I picked this stuff up from? Like, why were you watching <laughs> The King and I when I was six? Like, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it's, I think I, yeah, I always, I always knew. Like, I think I, in that sense, I was very lucky. And I used to just watch films and I used to just be like, oh, like, it was just magical. It was just so magical. And I, I I felt like the ability to just be a triple threat, to be able to act, dance and sing was just, to me, such a powerful thing. Like not everyone's lucky to be able to have three gifts that coincide so beautifully. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did always know for sure. But yeah, there was such a long time where I was just like, I'm not allowed to, I don't know if I'm allowed to want, want this thing. Mm-hmm. And now that you are allowed to want it and you've got the money, right? You've got the some freedom to go after the things that you want. Like, what, what's it looking like now? How does that feel? Oh, well, um, it's very, it's very, it is a bit nerve wracking because um, I still have that voice in the back of my head being like, oh, you sh- I don't, are you sure? Are you sure? You, maybe not. And, you know, there is that, immigrant side to me of like and you're not so weird the immigrant side is now being like but the influencer stuff is comfortable why don't you just stay here and it's like no stop it stop it because that doesn't even make sense because 10 years ago that wasn't what we were saying and the mind like as you know and as you talk about like the mind is such an interesting thing because it's Mm. it's like your inner child is trying to protect you it's like no no no, let's not do anything like risky please yeah let's just stay safe and you know so I'm I'm really trying to kind of like just get out of my shell and uh, I'm yeah I'm currently producing a short film which I'll be acting in as well and it is not like it is really I, I know I can do it but it's just like oh this is very new and it's very different and part of me is like you know there's people who've been in this industry for years like I, I feel so not bad, but I feel a bit rude. Like just, just like being like, oh, I'm gonna make a short film, and I, I hope, I'm sure people, when people see it, they'll be like, oh, okay, like this, this is real. Like she can do this. But I think being an influencer, there's also a thing. I don't want people thinking, oh, like you just think that you can do anything now, or you can just walk inside the industry and get your way. And it's like, no, I've wanted to just do this from the beginning. Like it's not like an add-on. I'm not, you know acting as if like oh what if Instagram deletes my followers and I'm looking for plan b this acting has always been the original plan it's just that something else beautiful kind of came out of that um so yeah it is I am very nervous but I'm just taking it one day at a time one day at and yeah I'm trying not to think about the actual shoot day but I know it's going to (laughs) happen yeah it is it's so interesting isn't it how like you can come so far in different areas of your life and you're like you know, feeling really like belief in yourself and confident in it. And then all of a sudden you go and do a new thing and it's like, yeah, you almost feel back to like yes. square one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I mean, like, I think, I think that's from what I've learned from like reading like um, 
books and it's, there's one book by the CEO of um, Disney and they're always one thing that's helped Disney and companies like that. They're always moving in a new direction. They never stay stagnant. They're always like, OK, what can we do to be different? Like, OK, let's do Monsters, Inc. What can we do to be different after that? Like, OK, let's do like live action. Like they're constantly pivoting. And that doesn't mean that they're forgetting where they came from. They're still doing the old stuff. But it's, you have to try new things. Like if you want to keep and everyone's different. Like, I don't think it, like, you know, I, I really don't believe in the whole like that everyone's supposed to be a CEO or everyone's supposed to be, you know, self-employed. But for me, like I know that if I want to do both, like if I want to be an influencer and if I want to act, I'm going to have to con consistently keep it fresh, like consistently, like my content can never get stale. Like if I notice that my numbers are dipping, OK, next week, let's try something else like okay like maybe I'll do a funny sound with this instead of something serious like change change things up consistently so that you're you're always growing as well like you can't grow where you're doing the same thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how I like to approach things is like just seeing things in ex as an experiment yes because yeah. sometimes when it's like okay so now I'm going to make this big change or this big move or I'm going to start doing this we can put so much pressure on ourselves and then it just becomes too much. And then we kind of go into that whole thing of like, oh God, the doubt and the failure and oh, you know, it's easy and it's safer to stay where I am. So sometimes I just remind myself like, it's it's just an experiment. Either I really love it and great, I'll carry on and, or I don't love it, or maybe it needs some tweaking and I, and I go again, but it doesn't, nothing needs to kind of be this perfect, you know, every step needs to be a perfect step, which yeah, then I decide okay. to do for the rest of my life. No, like I'm going to change as a person. My business is going to change. How I view things, how I approach things is going to change. So just giving ourselves sometimes a bit more grace yeah. to like explore that rather than being very rigid. Mm, yeah, I think that perfection thing is so true because I am such a perfectionist. But I think, again, like when it comes to giving yourself grace, I'm trying to like relinquish that and I think also like all of these years being an influencer, I've constantly been listening to directors and podcasts and reading. And one thing I've learned is that you, you can't be holding it like this. Like when I'm like talking to, so I've got a director for my short film and she was like, well, we've got to make sure this is in place. And, you know, when the editor does this, you know, it can, it can take two weeks. And I'm like, then it takes two weeks. I've relinquished. I don't, it doesn't need to be, oh, it's been like bush, 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 but like everyone has, everything has to be on point. Like it's, if it's just a standard short film, who, like fine. I made a short film. Do you know, it's hard to make a short film. They're expensive as well. Like I, I'm not holding on to this thing of like, oh, like everyone's got to be on job and everyone's got to do this. And like, it needs to be done in a week. And no, like my goal this year was to make two short films. That is it. Like, I just want to have it on, under my portfolio. And then next year we go again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be forcing everyone to be on perfection, like, level when it's, I'm just starting out. It's fine. Like, I'm just finding my feet. Um, it, again, like, it's just an experiment. I just want to see how it works. And then the next one, I'll have more experience. And the next film, I'll have even more. Like, I'm, I don't need to be on Spielberg level from day one. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I really feel like this idea of relinquishing control is so important because sometimes we hold on so tight 
to our future, our purpose, our goals, and we feel like things have to happen in a certain way. And that ends up actually holding us back because we only know so much, right? And when we fixate on it's all got to be this certain way, it's all got to work out in this way, then we kind of can limit ourselves in the end so I really want to encourage you to let go of how everything is going to work out relinquish some of that control and know that it might not happen exactly as you think that it will or that you want it to but sometimes actually it can end up happening or working out in a better way than we could have ever expected so just kind of easing up some of that control you have over how everything is going to work out in your life. The last thing I sort of wanted to pick up with you is um, what then happened and changed for you in 2020. I know you've spoken about that a little bit before, but how did that transition happen where all of a sudden things were maybe going at a slower pace to write you know followers are increasing brands are coming to me mm. how was that for you Ooh, um I haven't thought about it in a really long time actually so that's a really interesting question um I remember I mean it was it wasn't a great time it was a very uh, bittersweet time because it was just so sad and um as a black person I'm just very tired of like seeing a black person dying on television like every couple of weeks it's just it's incredibly trauma. It's so traumatizing. So there was that. And then there was also this feeling of people feeling like, oh, um, let's follow loads of black people because, you know, and it's just like a bit of a tick box. Exercise. Yeah. It's very tokenistic. I mean, I mean, in, in some ways, I guess the intention is there, but I think I know how this industry is. I know how it is. And I know how fickle it can be. And so some of that stuff felt very empty. But I feel like, and 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 some people disagree with me. Some people feel like there's been no change at all. But I definitely, my followers went up. But not only that, I felt like, I felt like people were listening a little bit more. I genuinely do. Like there's there's a lot of black people who don't feel the same, but there's also a lot of black people who feel like that was at least a time where you could talk about racism openly. It was, you, you couldn't, you, you genuinely couldn't talk about it without people being like, oh, you're making it about race. It's like, what do you mean? Like this white person has told me she's getting paid a, a grand. I'm getting paid 300. I've got more followers. What's like, the math is not my thing. You, could, you couldn't be open. You just couldn't be open about it because you would be afraid that uh, brands would blacklist you, PRs would blacklist you. And I remember people in the industry, like um, people were a bit more advanced than me, not influencers, but like, you know, people who work for brands and companies being like, oh, oh, well, so, you know, there's certain things you, you can't talk about online. It's just not brand friendly. And it's sad, it's sad that your human experience isn't is, is like off. Right. It's, what? Like, I don't understand. So I think we have come further in, in terms of being able to openly have this communication about this issue. And I do feel like that's when things like genuinely improved for me. And I feel like I have a really good community, both on TikTok and on Instagram. And, and that includes white women, it includes uh, LGBTQ people, like it, it includes such a wide variety and um, hard of hearing and deaf people follow me. I love that I have a community that is is diverse. Like, I love that. Like, 
obviously I, you know, my core audience will probably always be black women, but I love that a lot of other people have come on for the journey. And that is, that's really what I want, to be honest. And it is, it's, I love when like, you know, I can make content or, and, and it's funny and there's black girls laughing and there's white girls laughing. I love, it just shows that like deep down, like the humor is the, like, it's the same. So yeah, that's kind of how things have, have developed from there. Um, I grew a lot in 2020, but then after that, I grew a lot more. So 2021 and 2022, which feels so weird to say, let's say that that's last year still. Um, yeah, those were the years I really like grew uh, more. Um, but yeah, I'd say in general, 2020 was instrumental. Yeah. What's next? Oh, got to get this short film done. <laughs> and then once that's done, I definitely want to do a second one in the latter, latter part of the year. I would also love to film um, a short film in Nigeria, actually. I would love to do that, like get some drones, like because the landscape is just so beautiful. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully two short films this year and then I want to do more next year. And what by the time I have more writer's credits, I'll be able to get management for writing and then I want to get management for acting. And yeah, I should probably start auditioning more because I have been, I have been lax on that. Um, yeah, but I've been, yeah, I've been doing singing lessons. So I think in like the way I'm, I don't know, my teacher's very like, happy with my progress and she says that I'm ready to do like musical auditions so yeah it's really scary but you know we're just gonna do it one day it's just an experiment yeah one one day at a time exactly yeah (laughs) and then um for influencing what's people feel like it's it's different but I think if you're in the industry you can see it but I love art and I love visuals and and all the stuff I like about movies I try and put at least a little bit of that into my content so I, I like my travel content to look kind of otherworldly, a bit like just beautiful, just not like you're in London, just like you're completely surrounded somewhere else, whether it be like if I'm in the Cotswolds, I'm going to make it look like Downton Abbey. Like if I'm the, in the Maldives, I want it to look like a beautiful film. So I really want to up the content, the quality of my content. And then, um, yeah, TikTok, I just hope to just keep, sharing and yeah I would like to reach 100k by the end of this year we'll see how that goes we'll see um yeah and just keep on just learning how to go viral more and um yeah just increasing the quality always gonna keep on increasing the quality with content and hopefully working with bigger better brands um yeah sounds it's so exciting I can't wait to just like follow along and be messaging you and be like I've seen this or like yeah just just you um last question I want to ask you if someone's listening to this if they feel stuck they feel confused lost they don't really know what they're doing or maybe like you they do know what they want to do but they don't feel like like they can do it what advice would you give them what three pieces of advice okay um so I'm going to talk to people who don't know what they're doing because I I feel a lot more for them um, so number one I would say look at the things you enjoy because most of the time there's there's going to be a link between your purpose and the things you enjoy doing like that you're like my pastor always says you're never good like you're never going to have a purpose and you're going to hate it like <laughs> <is, you know, laughs> can you imagine <laughs> like yeah like 
come on like he he always says like God's not mean like he's not a mean girl like don't like he's not going to do that so yeah your purpose is always going to be attached to something you enjoy so you know if and if there's nothing you enjoy try new things there's going to be something in there that you in um and then number two once you find that thing that you enjoy if you're lost try and research people who've done it before like maybe go on LinkedIn go on YouTube there's so many things on YouTube like lots of like interviews of of, of TED talks all sorts of things of people who are in a certain field and they can sometimes give you a play-by-play and obviously everyone's different but a lot of the time the secret the secret source is in what they've done and you can kind of you know not copy but get inspiration from like okay if they studied this and they really enjoyed it most likely if you want to go into that field you might really enjoy it as well um so I'd say yeah definitely research people who've gone before you and you know kind of like research what they did to get where they um and then I guess number three is like I guess know like your why because I think it's I think it's so important to enjoy something not just for the money and all the glam like the glamour of it like even acting like there's so much glamour attached to being an actor but for me I love being able to turn into another person I think it's such a weird scary incredible skill to literally just pretend to be some um and that's what drives me like obviously it will be nice to get paid a million dollars for a role obviously (laughs) but knowing your why and like finding your why and centering that like obviously people talk about it a lot but it's so important because baby when you're not getting those checks you need to remember okay like why am I doing this why am I doing this like if it's for a certain like community or for um a purpose then like at least you're grounded in that when things aren't going your way and it also gives you a, a reason to keep going so those are my three things I absolutely loved having this conversation with Awosa she is just such a joy and I know I mentioned it in the podcast I don't know what her purpose is but it is absolutely evident that she has a huge passion and love for bringing other people joy and making them laugh and it comes naturally to her in my eyes she is absolutely hilarious and as I said before you need to be following her because she is so funny and something else that really stood out to me from her journey was this this feeling of sometimes we can have a purpose and we have an idea about what we want to do in our career and we end up taking a bit of a detour and a different path and we can end up doing something else which fulfills that same purpose and I don't think there is one job which fulfills every single purpose. You, the purpose that you have, there might be multiple jobs that you could do which fulfills that purpose that you have. So just something for you to have a think about. Don't limit yourself by thinking there is only one job. And equally, you know, you might be the type of person going, Alyssa, there is only one job for me and this is all that I ever want to do. I get that too. Thank you so much for listening. And I will say, I really do apologize for my voice um, on these little um, intros and outros and and commentary. I have a bit of a cold at the moment, but I just wanted to say thank you so, so, so much for listening to the podcast. If you are here listening to me right now, it means that you've listened to the end of this one. And this is officially the last episode of season one. I don't know if you can quite believe it. 
It has been such an amazing experience for me and it has brought me so much joy to hear about the impact it has had on your life. So if you have any more feedback, if you want to share any more thoughts, please do keep on sharing with me and I will see you in season two. Take care.